family, and welcome to another episode of Normal with Autism. We are walking with faith on this side of the spectrum, and we welcome you to the kitchen table to experience the joy in the journey. I'm Tara. I'm Sarah. Hey, Craig. Is that record button hit this time? Take two. We're back and better than ever. And scene. We love you so much. At least he figured out the record button wasn't on like 20 minutes into it. And not when we were done. Yeah. Because <laughs> we'd have been really tired. Yeah. And not ready to go again. I'd have been like, well, see y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs> Can you disguise your voice and make it sound like me because I'm going to bed. It is 7.45. I was going to say your bedtime is like at 8 o'clock, right? <laughs> I'm very sleepy. Oh, the joys. The joys of at-home of at home podcasting. Hey, Listen, f- Craig kills it on the daily, though. I know. So, I mean, you're allowed to mess up every now and then. It makes then. me feel better because you're actually human. I know. Whereas if I do something right, it's a surprise. <laughs> if you do something wrong, it is equally as surprising. Let's see. So you're good. Can people go check us out on Instagram and Facebook at normal with autism? Are you asking me? I would like people to. Oh, okay. Come join us. Come say hi. My therapist said to never um, make a question out of a demand. Holy Jesus. Okay. Yeah. It's not... Will you do the dishes? It's, I need you to do the dishes. I need you to please come check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Or else. (laughs) Is that a very ominous? We would love it if you would come check us out. Please. At facebook.com backslash normal with autism. And then check out our website at normalwithautism.com where you can um, give money, give a drop a dollar to support the cause. Or just... Look at pretty things. That's what cracks me up is every time I'm like, listen, this is not free and we need help. You're like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Just look at just look at my pretty photographs. I just listen. Money makes me uncomfortable. I know it doesn't. It only makes me more comfortable because then we can do more if people want to support us. True. Okay. Speaking of money, guess what I did? What? I got out of debt. Like all the way? Um, we just have our house. Holy crap. Yeah. How did you do that? Um, I worked really, really, really hard. Me and oh my, my husband worked really hard. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like dancing for you. Yeah. So we paid off um, $27,932 oh. in 17 months. Pat that on is, the back. That is amazing. Good for you. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. And you did that through the checkbook thing, right? Like the budget by yeah. checkbook? Yeah. We followed Dave Ramsey's plan, kind of. We went out of order a little bit because we also, when COVID hit, um, so like Dave Ramsey's plan is, step one is $1,000 in the bank for an mm-hmm. emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Step two is pay off all of your debt besides your house. Step three is a three to six month emergency fund. Okay. Okay. But when COVID hit, we switched to step three. I got you. And then went back to step two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're out of order a little bit. But when we got that stimulus, I was like, 
Hi, bank. <laughs> I don't want you no more. <laughs> and paid it off. We out. Paid off my car. Oh, that's amazing. And now we just have the house, which we're refinancing to a 15-year mortgage. So hopefully it'll be paid off by 50. You are making those numbers work for you. Yeah, I'm excited. Congratulations. Thanks. That is exciting. Yeah. Okay. All right. So well, immediately I was like, can I work less? <laughs> right. Can I not do as much, please? Like, can I go back to working three days a week? Because you do. I mean, you work a lot. You yeah. you have a lot that you do. Yeah. You're, you, hu- you hustle. That's why I'm so sleepy. I know. Okay. Well, let's get into Speaking it. Speaking of hustling, our, yes. our last guest, Ross, when I told you he has 100 jobs, I wasn't kidding. He has like another like literally like the day after he's like, Hey, guess what I'm doing now? I'm selling drums. And I'm like, what can't you do? He's just like Craig. I know. Craig has a hundred jobs. Ross has a hundred jobs. He's the coolest. I feel completely inadequate at this point. No, you're killing it. Okay. Why are we here today? We're talking about the fact that, um, disabled persons are worthy of inclusion in the workplace and how we currently suck at that as a society. As we do most things. Yes. And just for autism in terms of the employment numbers, they are very, very bleak. Um, There are numbers out there that say 85% of autistic people are unemployed. That is depressing AF. And not okay. Yeah. Not okay at all. And that's just any kind of employed. Mm -hmm. Any kind of job. Yeah. Just like whether it's working at McDonald's or answering phones somewhere or Owen's dream is to work at McDonald's. That's what he wants to, if he, if YouTubing doesn't work out, he wants to work at McDonald's. I think a lot of McDonald's were so nice. Well, and I think a lot of kids his age think of like YouTube as a job. Oh, for sure. Now. Yeah. Cause they see the Ryan, the Ryan's kid, Ryan's world kind of thing. Yeah. Owen's more into Colin's key and FGTV. Okay. I have yeah. no idea, but okay. Oh, you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, like, that's a great career. I uh, Yeah. Like, they make bank. I know. Yeah, I, I'm not. Like, board games. I'm not saying, like, don't. I'm just saying, how can I get some of that? Right. Well, because we talked about the podcast of Tom, the Meeting Tom Cruise podcast. Yeah. And those people make money. Based on the idea of just wanting to meet Tom Cruise. I still just question that judgment. But we've come up now with our second podcast, trying to meet Tina Fey. Yeah. So. Meeting Tina. Meeting Tina. Oh oh my gosh, we have to start that. Let's do it. Okay. All right. We'll make it happen. Okay. Her real name is Elizabeth. That doesn't have quite the ring to it, does it? She's Greek. Okay. Okay. And so her, she goes by her middle name. It's kind of creepy that you know this. What? Just a little bit. It's in her book. Okay. Oh, oh, she published that? It's not like you had to go hunting for that. Yeah, she tells a really funny story about, um, like, her mom babysitting Greek kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And she talked about that. Okay. The episode's name today is Not So Special Needs, and we are, again, talking about the fact that we have like special needs for our kids and like school and workplace. Her name is Elizabeth Stamatina Fay. I just had to tell you that real quick. 
just real quick. That's a special name. But maybe it's Richardson now because her husband is Jeff Richardson. So maybe it's Faye Richardson. I don't know. Tina, if you could let me know for sure, that would be great. If you're listening, we would love to. Love to have. Okay, not so special needs is the episode name today, and it's because our children don't really have special needs. They're just human. Sorry, needs. it's Jeff Richmond. I said the wrong thing. I know. I'm so sorry. I think I'm gonna have Craig come take over my spot. Can you take over mine too? <laughs> Just like, I'm the one hyper focusing on Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Did you know that I feel like <laughs> is it okay if we talk about the episode stuff now? Like if I say something else, are you gonna be like guys? Tara's mad at me. Are you gonna be like, and Tina Fey did this? I mean, do you just want me to tell you all the things? No. About TFA I want to. I want to tell you about inclusion. <laughs> I'm just trying to include Tina in our podcast. Jeez. I know. Okay. All right. <sighs> Can we talk about the guy on CNN? Let's do it. Okay. He is really cool. He's a young, um, young man, white, twenty-year-old autistic adult, and he wrote a letter to an employer, and posted it on LinkedIn. A handwritten letter. I know. And it was, yes. And you can, I mean, his parents, because you can read his handwriting, that's a big deal. Yeah. Because I struggle with that myself, but then Quentin also struggles with that. I mean, his handwriting on point, first of all. Did you know that I was voted best handwriting in eighth grade? I believe that about you. I was also voted most likely to be on Jerry Springer. I did not know that. Only one of those things. It's true. <laughs> no, I mean, they're, they're both true, but like, obviously I wasn't on Jerry Springer. Obviously. Only I, one of those I would things, leave with that. Only one of those things came true. Yeah. So this is the, the title of our story is a man with autism asks future employer to take a chance on me in a heartfelt handwritten viral letter. Um, and this was on CNN. It was just posted um, earlier this month. Um, a soon to be high school graduate and it's Ryan Lowry has autism and he wants future employers to understand that while he may learn in a different way, he is worth taking a chance on. Absolutely. He's in Virginia, and he currently works at a cafe, um, but his employment will end soon there once he graduates his school program that he's in. And so he wrote this letter to employers, potential employers, and then they posted it on LinkedIn. Um, and the great thing about... This he got, letter, he got a lot of responses. Yeah, he got a lot of responses, and the great thing about this letter is he says that I have autism, and I also have a unique sense of humor. He's gifted at math, really good with technology, and he's a really quick learner. And he says what he needs. I love this that he puts out there what mm-hmm. he needs. He says I need a mentor to teach me. I learn quickly once you explain it. I get it. I promise that if you hire me, you will be glad that you did yeah and honestly how many people could benefit from being forthright with what their strengths are what their weaknesses are and what they need to be successful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we want a a world like that Yeah, yeah where people can put that out front like we should be learning from this autistic man like how to do that. Mm-hmm. 
And it, I felt like it was uh, like good on him for putting out there who he is, what he wants, what he needs. Um, I mean, I would, I would give anything for Finn to be able to do something like this, right? You know, just to be able to write that letter and put out there what he needs. And, you know, maybe one day he will. Mm-hmm. Um, his parents also need some kudos because I'm sure their story includes probably similar threads to our story where they would resources and yeah they provided resources there's probably some story of sacrifice on their part and then also um you know fighting the good fight to get him what he needed when he needed it and pride like mm-hmm. they should be really proud of him mm-hmm. and you know probably late nights of worry and like what's what's his future going to look like because we know that not because he's not capable or there's something wrong with him right it's because society sees him as less than and that's what that that's really what I want people to take away from our episode today and and again why we're calling it not so special needs is because these are not special needs for our autistic children our disabled loved ones um they're they're normal human needs Mm -hmm. for inclusion and belonging and everybody has them you know, every, I'm sure if you asked anybody, everybody would want to be like Ryan and put themselves out there and say, like, here's what I'm great at. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what I need to be the best version of myself. Like if everybody could have that freedom, how much more amazing could we all be to each other, mm-hmm. you know, during the day in the workplace or at home or things like that. So for him to have that courage to put himself out there like that is a big deal. Yeah. I also want to respect and acknowledge that there are friends that we know and people we know who their children don't share their autistic diagnosis Mm -hmm. or the fact that they're autistic um, because this place, this world that we live in, this society isn't welcoming and inclusive and belonging for folks like Ryan. And so there are, there are adults out there that feel like they have to hide it or they can't really put out there who they are and what they need, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So, and that's exhausting for them. Oh, my gosh. You know, we hear a lot from autistic adults about how exhausting it is to mask and pretend to be typical. We've heard it from Sean. We've heard it from Katina. Mm-hmm. Right. We heard it from Dr. Robin, Mm -hmm. like to be able to make themselves fit into whatever it is that's expected of them in that environment. Yeah. And that was either when they didn't know they had autism or um, when they didn't feel like they could be that person. Mm -hmm. Right. That autistic person, that kind of thing. Um, Well, society loves to be like, step outside the box. Not that far. You know? No, no, you're doing too much. Stop it. Yeah. Right. Like, be different. Yeah. Not like that, though. Not not that different. Not in that way. Yeah. But, I mean, this, this is a story, this story with Ryan is a story of human needs. Um, he wants to be counted worthy and given a chance, just like every other 20-year-old, mm-hmm. right? Um, who, whether or not they're neurotypical or neurodiverse 
they, they want to be given a chance. And I, part of me just has to wonder at a deeper level, like if we celebrate these accomplishments so much, if we get so excited about this, because we know that the system is built not to include marginalized folks. Mm-hmm. It's an anomaly. Right. Like they're like they're Ryan isn't just that's there's more Ryan's out there. Mm-hmm. There's like hundreds of other Ryan's out there. Um of all backgrounds and types and things like that. And I'm talking about like autistic folks. Yeah. There are hundreds of other Ryan's out there who want the same thing that Ryan is asking for in this letter to be given a chance to be counted worthy. And I think we celebrate this story because we know deep down at a certain level that our system is built not to bring in the marginalized folks. Mm -hmm. And when we see people break through and, and get included and get into a place of belonging, we're like, yes, you made it, Mm -hmm. you know, almost like, like we call like hunger games. You know, they made it through the Hunger Games and yeah. they get celebrated now. Well, they just, they overcome so, so much. many obstacles. Right. Why? And why are they there? Why are the obstacles there? Right. <clears throat> right. What can we get rid of? Right. The fact that he had to start with, I have autism, but like, why? Like, he could just say, Hi, I'm Ryan. This mm. is what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. This is what I you know, can do, Mm -hmm. but he has to start with, I have autism. Mm -hmm. Don't hold that against me. Don't hold that against me. Yeah. I'm not putting words into his mouth. Please know, like I'm not putting words into his mouth. I'm just in general, it feels as the caretaker, as the caregiver to an autistic loved one for my child, for Finn, like there are so many things we have to break through to belong and to be included. Yeah. And a lot of times it feels more like separate, but equal, mm-hmm. you know, or equal, but separate. Well, it's, it's separate. All right. Well, that's just it. I mean, <clears throat> so for example, I want Finn to be able to go down to the public school down the street. Yeah. That would be amazing. That can't happen. They're not set up for him. Yeah. But he's supposed to be entitled to a free and appropriate public education. How about a free, appropriate, and inclusive public education? Yeah. Right? And bringing bringing the marginalized folks more to the center Mm -hmm. instead of making a separate space for them. And bringing them into the center because it's the right thing to do and because they're worthy of it, not because you want to be like, hey, look what we did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be celebrated for having basic human decency and it, giving it, extending basic human decency. Not so special needs. These aren't special needs. No. These are human needs. Human needs. Um. So Ryan is making it happen. He is hitting it hard and he wrote that letter and there's lots of people who are responding to him. And I hope he gets like the best, most amazing job placement. And yeah, well done, Ryan, you know, 
So the article wonderful. does say that um, a place has caught his attention, a place known as a place I will tell you about <laughs> when I find it. <laughs> On your phone. <laughs> the place is known as Exceptional Minds, and it is in Sherman Oaks, California. And um, it is a nonprofit. It's a school. Um, it says it enables artists with autism to launch careers in animation and the digital arts. So they have job training, hands-on experience, and career placement. Um, and they work with um, Disney, Marvel, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon. Um, so like some pretty big names. Mm-hmm. Um they some of the professors have worked for you know disney marvel netflix amazon universal sesame street mm-hmm. um which is really cool and um you know it seems like a pretty cool place and they you said they were named uh 2019 california nonprofit of the year yes which is pretty cool mm-hmm. cuz i'm sure there's a lot of nonprofits mm-hmm. in california mm mm-hmm. mhm um, so yeah, like it's cool that that's like an option and, um, you know, hopefully there's some more places like that. Cause you know, not everyone can live in Sherman Oaks, California. Right. Right. I have to wonder if they do, I'm sure they would do since everybody has done it this last year, some type of online outreach. So even yeah. for folks living here in Ohio or in other States who might be listening, like go to their website and check it out. Exceptional minds.org. We'll post it in the show notes, a link in the show notes so that you can look at it. But um, my guess is that they they would probably have some type of like virtual outreach. Mm -hmm. Um, The gentleman who runs it, it looks like he is he I I think he kind of has an interesting. Let me see his board. Is it uh, he's on the board? No, that's the okay. The actual staff. David Siegel, he's the executive director. So he's up there making the show happen every day. Mm-hmm. He is involved with like Disney and um, he does branding and marketing. Okay. Business strategies. Um, but I looked him up. He does a cool thing with his, I guess his little, his little boy is a friend to a, another little boy who has some type of rare genetic liver disease. Oh. And they've written a book his little six year old like wrote a book about it and they sell the book to fund the research to cure that specific genetic liver disease. So I thought that was really, yeah, he's an active philanthropist um, in partnership with his son, Dylan, and they've raised a lot of money for global awareness towards eradicating a rare genetic disease. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's called like the chocolate book or something like that. It's really cute. Um, yeah, so, they've raised $1.5 million. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I thought that was, I thought that was pretty amazing, but I mean, you know, he's running that and then they have the faculty and that kind of thing. It looks like several of their artists that are, are employed there, um, are, uh, autistic individuals and, um, looks like they're there on a regular basis. So it looks like a pretty amazing, yeah, a pretty amazing program. And wouldn't it be great if we could get something like that? here yeah that'd be awesome in other places around the country but especially here in ohio since we live here that would be awesome yeah it'd be great um the but, um even i just want to point out real quick 
Um, oh, that yes. even on this website mm-hmm. that is encouraging, um, you know, autistic people, there's still some ableist language. Um, for example, the one that stood out to me is this one by Victoria Alonzo, the EVP of Marvel Studios, so executive vice president. Um, and she says, I have a studio full of all types of artists. They're storytellers. They're dreamers. Does it take a bit of handholding? Yes. Does it take a commitment to never stop until we succeed? Yes. But that's how we make movies. I'm happy to be part of the growth of this important endeavor. Which I'm like, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Say more about that, uh, that, uh, part. Um, it just felt, to me, it feels like, um, like you're selling something Mm -hmm. or like, it feels like a pros cons list Mm -hmm. to me. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I don't know. It just feels gross. Mm-hmm. The, hand har- the hand the holding, holding part. part really kind of made it like uh, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it for me, like when you read that, it, it kind of speaks to this, again, idea of special needs. Mm-hmm these aren't special needs that our disabled loved ones have. Right. They're human needs. Yeah. Who hasn't needed their hand held at work? Right. I mean, um, hello. I'm the first person to stand up and say, like, I need help. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. Isn't that what we're encouraged to do? Well, is my hand holding different than... I mean, it's different, but is it, is it less worthy or is it mean less than someone else's handholding who is considered disabled? Right. So is like my handholding of the fact that, you know, I don't do well with attention sometimes, like I have attention difficulties, is that handholding any less than say a person in a wheelchair who needs a ramp entrance to the workplace, mm-hmm. Right. Or an autistic person who maybe needs someone to do, I don't know, whatever skill they need help with. Is that any less than? No. No. Or shouldn't it be? It it shouldn't be, and yet it is. Because, again, it goes back to that idea of that kind of margin. The system is set up for that to keep marginalized people marginalized. Right. Um. I don't know. Maybe with, I would feel like if we had a more inclusive education system than Mm -hmm. what we do now, we would solve a lot of these issues that show up in the workplace. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So I think we're going to start fighting for that is an inclusive education system, just not a free and appropriate public education, but a free, appropriate and inclusive Public education. I think it's time to update that language. Yeah. And make it happen. You're hurt you're hurt first, folks. I'm gonna make it happen. Um, but we do have an IT company here in Columbus. Yeah, we do. This story brought to us by the Columbus Dispatch, um, from Mark Williams, and it's an IT company comes to Columbus with one goal, hiring people on the autism spectrum. So this was a story in the Columbus Dispatch that came out. Um, just earlier this year in February, and it's an information technology consulting company. Um, 
is that Audicon? Uh-huh. A-U-T-I-C-O-N, Audicon, a Berlin, Germany-based company that exclusively employs adults on the spectrum as IT consultants. And they have a regional headquarters that they're putting here in Columbus. Nice. Our town is rocking. It really is. It is growing big time. Yeah. Um, and they're quoted as saying there's a skill shortage in the area, so of IT. Um, and he says we can bring to bear people or we can bring to bear talent that does have a performance advantage and at the same time help people. Um, so the company has 15 offices around the world, which is a big, a big deal. So we have a global company setting up um, headquarters here in Columbus. Listen, Mark Wahlberg came and then everyone followed. I know. They were like, we got to do what Marky Mark's doing. <laughs> Um, so it says here that various studies peg the unemployment and underemployment rate for those with autism at 80 or even 90%. So whether it's 80 or 90%, like it's not good, right? It's not good. Yeah. And we know that most autistic adults, if they have the, if the family has the resources, they're living at home with their family, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's their parents or caregivers or brother or sister, aunt, uncle, that kind of thing. Um, but apparently Carrie, is it Margo, Magro, Magro, Carrie Magro, M-A-G-R-O on the board of directors for National Autism Association is quoted in this article. Um, it's quite shocking. He said of the high unemployment Mm -hmm. and, um, many families, he says many families and so many people in the community are more likely to buy products and back and support organizations in the disability community. And let me tell you something. I think that's the God's honest truth Mm -hmm. because I know people show up to support, um, either endeavors like this or just like local community endeavors of people like trying to support disabled, either, run organizations or people who like small businesses who employ Mm -hmm. disabled folks like people show up for that um so that's that's a pretty big deal so i was interested um and we'll post this article for you guys to read um but there's a few interesting um, points in here um so magro his full-time job is a public speaker. Mm -hmm. Um, He said many companies believe that hiring people along the autism spectrum is too costly, Mm -hmm. which I'm interested in why that would be. Um, But then he goes on to say um, he views his job as educating companies and their human resources departments about the value of hiring people with autism. Workers with autism are less likely to take time off and more likely to stay at a company longer, he said. He also mentors young adults on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. So which is it? Do they not hire them because they're, it's too costly to hire autistic people? But then if they're not leaving and they're not taking time off, you're saving money mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. hiring an autistic person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, co- it costs a lot of money to fill a position. Right. Exactly. Um, so it's interesting that that's an excuse that they give, but the research actually shows mm-hmm. the opposite. Um, he also, oh, oh, another part that this is the part that I love the most. Okay. Um, the article says applicants with autism often don't disclose that they have autism during the interview process. 
Many also find the interview process taxing. What works better is for applicants to have a day-long tryout to show what they are capable of doing. Like other new workers, coaches and mentors can help them adapt. So um, what they do is instead of sitting someone down for a 20-minute interview, where do you see yourself in five years? They Mm -hmm. have them come in for the day and show them what they can do, what they're capable of. Mm -hmm. And like, that's so smart. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think... I think one of the things that's that's at least a little bit of a positive that's come out of the pandemic is that we have discovered that it is in fact okay to make accommodations for people. Yeah. Disabled, not disabled. It's okay to make accommodations Mm -hmm. and it's okay to be flexible and imaginative with how we approach inclusion and belonging in the workplace. Yeah. It turns out that, um, you know, providing accommodations isn't that hard when who, you really want to make money. Who knew? Huh. Who knew? I'll be damned. Um, another thing that the article says that's kind <laughs> of a bummer, even though they don't try to make it seem that way, is, um, J- so this is from the article, J.P. Morgan Chase and Company, Central Ohio's largest private employer, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm has a program called Autism at Work, mm-hmm. in, which is great. That's great. Mm-hmm. In Columbus, Chase has hired about 30 workers mm-hmm. along the autism spectrum through the program, most of whom hold technology positions with the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Central Ohio's largest employer has hired 30 people hmm. through this program. Hmm. And they're in technology, mostly, which is a stereotype about autistic people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, am I glad that they have a program? Absolutely. Am mm-hmm. I glad these 30 people have been hired? Absolutely. Can we do better? Uh, hell mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's, that was my uh, rant about that. Not so special needs. Yeah. These are human needs. Yeah. And uh, here's the thing. Corporations are not humans. They don't have feelings. They're doing this to make money. Mm-hmm. They have found a way to make money using autistic people. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I'm glad that autistic people are getting jobs. Mm-hmm. And we can do more. We can do yeah. better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The largest employer in Columbus. Uh-huh. A city that's like we're I think we're fifteenth on the list of, of largest cities. Yeah. So so we're talking about cities like New York, LA, Chicago. Chicago we're up there yeah. with a New York and LA and Chicago with that type of population. And we have a ton of big businesses here. We do. We do. If they're not headquartered here, they have major offices here. Yeah. And so the largest employer has thirty. They have a special program for th- where they found 30 people 30. to hire. Again, I'm not trying to take away from those 30 people. No, 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 no. Let's, I mean, let's be clear. It's not, it's not poo-pooing that at all. It's saying we're the largest. It's saying, look at us. We did the bare minimum. And we have 30. I wonder. And that's celebrated. 
I right, and that's the that's the system of the marginalization. Yes, right. So, oh look, we help some of the marginalized folks to be included and belong. Yay for us. Mm -hmm. But I wonder, I kind of wonder if we could get the person who does something with that program at Chase to come talk to us. Yeah, I mean, maybe, and uh, to be honest, I haven't looked any more into it. Mm -mm. Um, I'm just going by what the article says. Mm -hmm. Uh, But maybe there's more to it than that. Maybe they could help us understand largest employer, 15 big city, only 30 people. Like, how did we land there? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, one of Audicon's Columbus clients is Cover My Meds, who we use a lot at my work. They're downtown. I've seen their building. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, they have placed one worker there. They're going to get a second shortly. Okay. Um, and then Veronica Knuth the company's vice president of talent said diversity, equity, and inclusion are embedded in our culture, which is great. That's what we need. We just need more and we need it to happen all the time. Yeah. That's not asking for too much. It's really not. Mm-mm. Um, but also, you know, autistic people are worthy of good jobs because they're, they're human. worthy of good jobs. Like, like everybody else. You don't need an au- a token autistic person Mm-mm. Mm-mm. on your IT staff. Mm-mm. But if they're qualified for the job, like consider them for it. Mm-hmm. Give mm-hmm. them, you know, appropriate accommodations to show you what they can do. And at least, you know, seriously consider them. Mm-hmm. So in all of these articles, the, the um, CNN one, the exceptional minds place that we looked at. And then this final one with the it jobs from the dispatch here in Columbus. It also led me to the, um, U S department of labor Mm -hmm. and their, um, uh, disability section. Mm -hmm. And I've found some interesting things about, um, they have a whole section and I'm going to post this. It's the office of disability employment policy and they have autism, um, an entire thing on there. There's things about um, like an employer roundtable that they have for a, dis- a disability initiative um, to tell or not to tell issues of disclosure in the workplace. Mm. Looks fascinating. Different service providers like cybersecurity careers for autistic folks. Policymakers, that's what I'm really interested in is the policies that we craft around how we're supporting disabled folks in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they have a youth section. And one of the things led me to um, a report from, um, I don't know, the, let me see, from the government. Let me see what it's called here real quick, and then I'll lose what I found. Young Adults in Transitioning Youth with Autism Spectrum Disorder. Oh, okay. Um, It's a 76-page report. But again, we'll, we'll do... a a link to in the show notes on this. Um, and it's, it looks very interesting. I, I kind of want to read through it. Um, but it's talking about the folks who turn like trends in adulthood, um, who turn 18. Um, so it says the 2017 national autism indicators report states that approximately 50,000 youth 
So that's like half of the horseshoe filled up, mm-hmm. right? The OSU horseshoe filled up. 50,000 youth with ASD turn 18 each year. Wow. And we employed 30 of them with Chase. Yeah. <laughs> and it was we so um, amazing that it got a newspaper article. And there are currently about 450,000 youth. 16 to 24 year olds in the United States, 450,000. Wow. Those are some big numbers. Yeah. And what are we doing to support them? Um, and, um, yeah, what are we doing to support them to help find them meaningful roles in society? Yeah. Meaningful roles that honor their humanness and they're worthy of inclusion and belonging. Yeah. So, um, and then there's a national autism indicators report that I found through Dark Soul University. So those are all things I'm going to read through and we can make um, links to in the show notes. So cool. So takeaway from this episode. I think the takeaway is I thought you were asking me and I was like, I don't there's a lot of things. <laughs> there's a lot of things to take away. But I, th- I think the big the big thing is. These are human needs that we want for our loved ones. Mm-hmm. I want my child to be included and belong. Yeah. I think it speaks to the deep ache of every human being to be included and belong. And especially if you're a caregiver to a disabled loved one, you want them to be included and to belong in whatever space they show up fully as themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have no idea what kind of work Finn will want to do, will have the skill set to do when he gets older, but wherever it is, I want him to be included fully, and I want him to be able to show up fully as himself mm-hmm. and be able to belong fully yeah. as himself. And guys, I know that we talk about this a lot, um, you know, being able to show up fully as yourself and to have humanity extended to you. And the reason why we talk about that is because that wasn't always the language. Like, that's actually pretty uh, revolutionary thinking. And that's Black Lives Matter that we have to thank for some of that language. Yes, absolutely. Um, Just to give you guys an example, um, one of our favorite pages to follow, the Autistic Cats. Yes, I love love, Oh, yes. Um, They're on Instagram. They're amazing. Um, They posted a quote today by Ivar... Lobos, the founder of ABA. This is the quote, you guys. And he and this is from it doesn't have the the year. 80s? We looked this mm-hmm, up before. Mm-hmm, I think it was 80s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh this is the quote, you guys, from an actual human um About other human beings. Uh-huh. Quote You see, you start pretty much from scratch when you work with an autistic child. You have a person in the physical sense. They have hair, a nose, and a mouth, but they are not people in the psychological sense. One way to look at the job of helping autistic kids is to see it as a matter of constructing a person. You have the raw materials, but you have to build the person. I don't know if I want to puke or punch something. (laughs) Or both. What? That's from the 80s. This is from the founder of ABA. Mm -hmm. This was his, this was the language that our autistic kids, that was used for autistic kids. 
this is part of the reason, part of the reason that um, actually autistic folks and um, others have a strong reaction to ABA. Understandable. Because it started, its roots come from that quote right there. Yeah. Yeah. Who was also the founder of gay conversion therapy. FYI. <sighs> um, but literally, when we're saying, please treat our children as actual human beings, it's because... We have to... They weren't for a long time. They're still not. And we have to remind people. Yeah. Like, this is a human being in front of you. We have to remind people every time we go into an IEP meeting. Mm-hmm. We, I take a picture of Finn with me and I'll say, you know... This may be student number. This is what your data is about. Right. It, this data is about this human being. And this may be student number 2,195 to you. But to me, he's Finn. And for right now, while we're sitting in here talking about it, we need to remember this is my unique human being that I love. Mm-hmm. And we need to do the best for him. Yeah. We're not asking for too much, guys. Our system isn't designed that way, though. It's no. not built to honor the human worthy person that's in front of us. These stories do celebrate though, that the folks, uh, so a couple of folks broke through and mm-hmm. people are breaking through. Yeah. I want to dismantle the marginalized system for our disabled loved ones. So let's start doing that and let's start it with an inclusive education system. Yeah. That's all. It's do not you, a lot. Do you know what I love? <laughs> Is that you're like, this week we're going to talk about this bummer thing. And I was like, no, let's talk about happy things. And we're like, happy, but let me tell you why it's bad. (laughs) We're just keeping it real. We just have to keep it. We have to be like, look, you can be happy about this, but you better know that there is still work to do every day. Damn it. (laughs) All right. I think Craig's sick of us at this point. Listen, everybody, thank you for joining us. We love you all. Please share, subscribe, repeat, review. Tell everybody that you love us. And listen, and as always, here's to the complexities in our journeys, the joys and sorrows, the highs and lows. And let's hope people have compassion for us, especially for our amazing children who are freaking human beings and worthy of inclusion and belonging. Yes, and they'll grow up to be adults that are capable and deserving. And are worthy of inclusion and belonging. in the workplace and wherever else they want to go. Right. Everywhere. God. (laughs) I think we're done. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Passion. It is. Thanks. Bye. Bye, Tina. (laughs) Bye.